Welcome to Beer Fuel. Beer Fuel. I am your host. Your host. All right. We have no listeners yet anymore. Well, welcome to Beer Field. I'm your host. We have enough. I am your host at Beer Field Hop, as always, joined by Beer Field Theory. Uh, who forgot we were recording early this week because I will be in Kentucky at the end of this week for the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. So, Dan, how are you? Good round of disc oh, golf, I hear. Yeah, I got a round of disc golf in. Uh, I think I'm over, almost over whatever uh, bug I got that uh, that took me out over the weekend. Uh, should be. Uh, Survived a lot of good fantasy matchups. I think most of my teams went unscathed in terms of of injuries. And, uh, well, both my favorite teams lost in overtime in glorious fashions of turnovers. I'm uh, glad to be here. I did think... One week down, 16 to go. That's right. I did thankfully escape the injury bug this week. I did not escape some ineffectiveness looking at you, Aaron Rodgers. Um <laughs> So, uh, pretty mixed bag. Uh, overall positive. So, I think I won in about half and not in the others. Like, Nick's team's a juggernaut in our home dynasty league. He just, like, I didn't have a bad week, and he still walked me. Nick is like, Nick's team is like, it's the Peyton Manning yeah. of, like, home dynasty teams. A great regular season, dominates throughout, and then just finds a way to disappoint once the playoffs start. Yeah. And, I mean, stacked, right? Like, no hope of beating him, even going into that. It's like, the, you just look at his team, you're like, there's no way two or three guys just dud on this. And I had some guys, like, overperform and still just, nope. Yeah. I, I still lost by, like, 12. No, Nick's got a... Like it's got a very strong team, and he will, and he'll continue yeah. to have one. I mean, he's he will, yeah. He's that's just where he's at, and uh, beauty of dynasty. Takes, he's built it well. Yeah, and it, it does take a bit of uh, it does take a bit of luck, but he's also had he gets uh, he gets like his his bad luck really does come in the postseason. In the playoffs, just, yep. Yeah, that's just what happens. Yes, indeed. Um. Yeah, despite Aaron Rodgers, I took that. Yeah, getting. I don't want to say I got walked by Nick. It was it was close, but I mean it's just juggernaut of a team. So that's just how that's just how it goes. I mean you, yeah. I mean it was close. And 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 I've and we've talked about this. This is one of the this is one of the very few dynasty leagues that even in his uh, fifth year, um. It's very hard to find. There's a lot of there's a lot of teams that are going to probably be trying to compete. And now with me bumping the playoffs up to six teams instead of four, I think yeah. you're going to see a lot more teams go for it. It'd be very interesting to see how it looks like in a, in about six seven weeks, and you start to see uh, teams trying to bow out. Yeah, with injuries and things like that. Because I mean, most teams are are built well or on the way to being built well. It's just a matter of, yep, you know. Who who are the injury bugs going to get? Um, that is, see, that's what that's things, the truth. What things happen that you don't plan for? Um, that being said, we try to make sure you're prepared. So, 
Before we get into today's episode, just a reminder, Sunday mornings every week, 10 to 10.15 time frame, we're going to be live streaming. We're going to be doing more during that live stream than we have in years past. There will be chock full of betting advice. Um, we will be doing a little more game preview-y type stuff there rather than trying to fit it into a three-hour, once-a-week episode. Um, obviously, all of your start-sit questions, uh, which you could start week one with those. Uh, some great discussion around that. So make sure on YouTube, because Sunday is a YouTube-only show, you go subscribe, hit the notification icon, Beerfield Podcast. Um, come hang out with us on Sunday mornings if you're a better or you're a fantasy football player. Get your questions answered. We'll give you one opinion. You know, good news with us, like we keep saying, we're not big. So you're going to get an answer from us if you have a question. Yeah, we're not going to do... Uh... We're not gonna. We're not like other streams that have a very difficult time keeping up, and 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 that's a good problem to have. I mean, obviously, well deserved to get the fan bases that they get, but uh, you'll get elongated, long debated answers from us. You will, whether right or wrong, we'll definitely give you our thoughts. Uh, something we said on Monday helped my boss win twenty six or on Sunday helped my boss win uh twenty six hundred dollars. Ooh, not a bet. What was so. what we said? That helped him win. Uh, it was all. It was playing out all the various scenarios of Bills Steelers. Actually, is and it went we the ran, most probable scenario in my mind. Yep, it did, and that's what he bet on happening. And it it played out, and he had stacked that with a couple other things, and ended up uh, hitting hitting good. So I'm I'm glad that one did because it was it was a struggle. Those games, they're what. Uh, the Eagles game, I thought was going to easily go over, went under. The yeah. Titans game, I think barely went under. I hit or, no leg of that five leg parlay, but then on the Sunday morning <laughs> show, uh, Colts. I mean, Atlanta not doing their job, which really yeah. hurt. Uh, uh, the Colts not doing their job for majority of that game didn't help. So um, it, it, it was it was a bit ugly. Well, this is a bad one for Green Bay, just laying an egg. Oh, that, and, that I mean, I was everybody. spot on, really, about maybe Vegas knows something we don't. I just didn't expect it to be that extreme. I mean, I think I want to say I saw it. On, I want to say it was either on Twitter or on on, uh, on ESPN. It was the Green Bay spread mm-hmm. was the most bet on game in all, in all the week one. Like, oh, betting, hell yeah. Betting Green Bay to cover was the most bet on game. Like with three and a half, it should have been, and the, and it didn't. And it's just not only did they get a hit, they got embarrassed. And and this time it feels a bit different because there is no next year. <laughs> I feel like for this team, so you may see a different uh, you may see a different scenario play out. Not as like bad as Week One, but and they should definitely beat Detroit. Monday night next week, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely a bit gross. Indeed, it is. All right, as for this episode, though, we're going to run through and uh, situations being situational. We're going to check in on some situations, be it injury or how Week One played out, or or otherwise. We're going to check in on some rookies. We're going to uh, drop in on some standout performers, some guys you know that you know, maybe weren't such a surefire thing. We're going to look at how they did, and then we're going to give a, a week a rundown a week two. Um, take a look, see if there's anything that stands out for fantasy. Um, you know, look at some of the early over under point totals, see if there's any, 
anything surprising to us and break that down a little bit. And then again, we'll have a much more in-depth preview um, on Sunday. Well, not much more in-depth. It's more like you'll get the other half on Sunday. And if you like the bet, I, I, I highly recommend you want to, ch- you know, whatever site you use, you want to go and uh, check what the early week spreads are. You can get, you can get some really good advantages on these early week spreads. Mm-hmm. It'll kind of helps, you know, set you up, you know, for the week. Cause these lines are, are never finalized, obviously until we get close to kickoff. Uh, so definitely, you know, whatever site you use for betting, go and check to see what the early open lines are and see if you can get yourself maybe a, a point or half a point in your favor that, that may help, you know, tip the skills. Indeed. All right. Well, before we dive into it, what's fueling beer fueled? Dan, you look like you got something dark. I am drinking. This is, I believe, from last year. This is uh, a Triptychs. I uh, can't see in the dark here. 52HZ. This is their Imperial Stout with roasted pistachios and Papua New Guinea vanilla beans. Um, I got this. I I was for sure still working for Benny, so I know I got this. It, it's, it's been probably about a year since this came out. Um, it was sitting in my fridge because obviously being not prepared, totally forgetting about we were you know, doing a show. I didn't have a beer prepared, and I really wasn't trying to drink some more bourbon, so... I went with something dark. We're getting the, we're getting the to that time of year, so we are. And uh, I drank a lot of dark things yesterday. But speaking of getting to that time of year, I'm going the other out. We're saying bye to summer, um, at least with uh, a snowball juice hazy juicy IPA. It's from Urban South out of New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, strawberry shortcake is a version of this. It is a series of beers. It is a strawberry graham cracker crust and a touch of velvety sweetness. Flip through this milkshake IPA. No word on hops or anything that's used in it, uh, but more on that later. All right. First things first, got to go ahead and touch on some injuries because there were a handful of them. Yes, sir. Um, plus a cell window that's opening up as it does every <laughs> year. All right. We'll start Jerry Judy. He's going to miss six to eight weeks of the high ankle sprain. He came out uh, looking like he was going to turn around the bad season from last year, and now you know, potentially right around half of his season's gone. K.J. Hamler has uh, already been announced that he will step into slot duties, which is primarily where Judy was working. Uh, Noah Fant led that team in targets, but, uh, you know, you would expect uh, Cortland Sutton and uh, Tim Patrick also to to kind of help split up some of that target volume Judy was getting. And, again, that's not insignificant. Yeah, so Sutton had the unlikely – Unlikely matchup. He had to deal with James Bradbury, which is one of the best shadow cover corners in the NFL. Yes, it so is. So if you look at his stat line, obviously three targets, one catch, 14 yards is definitely not sexy. He is the new alpha. He's going to, I mean, he's not new alpha. He's been the alpha, but he's going, I believe will be the one that gets leaned on a bit more. I, I, I am probably skipping the KJ Hamler hype. I am I, too. I would much rather. Uh, get on Tim Patrick. Um, because Tim Patrick's bigger. done it every year when they've had an injury at wide receiver. The last three years, or two years, when somebody's gotten hurt, Tim Patrick has been the guy that has stepped up and given you fantasy relevant weeks. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, Teddy's game isn't pushing vertical. 
uh, KJ Hamler isn't a renowned and refined route runner who's going to step in in that slot. So you can have a big player too, potentially. I mean, if he's operating out of the slot, he's going to have he's going to have advantages. He's going to have linebackers and safeties on him. He's going to be able to utilize his speed and never get doubled. So there's going to be a game or two that's going to be good in his future. But I expect more production on Tim Patrick. I expect upwards production on a Cortland Sutton. And if Noah Fant's not going to do it, which he's shown that he can, you have Albert O. um, Who also got involved a little bit. But I think Noah Fant saw the the target volume that if you drafted Noah Fant, you're hoping for. He gave you a solid enough tight end line. I mean, he basically gave you what you want from your – you know, from a tight end that you you know took late in the late rounds. You know, eight targets, six for sixty-two. Yeah. All he's missing, he like he gets that touchdown. He's top three to five every week. Yep, absolutely. Um, and you know what? Plenty of guys aren't going to get that touchdown, so you're still rolling with the tight end one. Uh, other note on Denver, they've got Jacksonville this week, so it's a much easier matchup. Uh, I would definitely go back to Cortland Sutton this week. Even yeah. I- even I if you're put like, off a little bit, go back to Cortland Sutton this week because there's going to be volume for him, and he's not going to have James Radbury type of matchup. Yeah, he's gonna. It's going to be in a lot better situation, and uh, the running backs should definitely be also both very viable flex options. Yep, but KJ Hamler is the one on waivers, although some other waiver pickups I would rather go for coming off a of week on one. The lower, he's, he's on, on the, the lower. lower I mean, he's he still should be roster, but he's not someone that I'm actively right. trying to get. Speaking of people I'm not actively trying to get, Josh Gordon has been recommended for his yearly reinstatement after completing an NFL monitor treatment program. He is a free agent. He is now 30 years old because I feel like we've been doing this for a decade with him. It is is like Groundhog's Day. It is. Right on cue. I mean, good for him for taking on an 18th chance that he'll probably fuck up. Well, Um, and he did realize it when he relapsed and immediately sought out help for it. So, I mean... That at least shows a bit of accountability there on his part from a human standpoint. But, yeah, man, you better be ready because, look, the NFL might keep giving you second chances, but you're past 30 now. Teams ain't going to be as willing. No. You'll be uh, – we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. Yep. Uh, Raheem Mostert is going to undergo season-ending knee surgery. So, uh, look, talking Twitter right now is Elijah Mitchell. And the other thing, the other talk of Twitter is Trey Sermon, and this has impacts on both of them. Andrew Michael Hasty. Yeah, Andrew Michael Hasty, who somehow was lost in the shuffle of Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch, and Elijah Mitchell had a monster game. So, yep. They also signed Carry On Johnson to the practice squad. The practice squad. So, first off, if somebody does cut bait with Trey Sermon, go pick him up. Second off, Elijah Mitchell had a good game in a soft matchup. And we have seen before where rookie running backs or off previously not used running backs. I don't think he's a rookie. Uh, Mitchell? Yeah. Is he a rookie? Yep, he was undrafted. 23-year-old. No, he wasn't undrafted. 6'10". Oh, was he 6'10"? Okay, yeah. I thought he went undrafted. Uh, 2021, 6'10", out of Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, actually, hyper-athletic and did have some productivity. So, you know, he's certainly a guy that could do it. 
Um, he's got the athleticism for it. He's got the size for it. He is older, which is why he was down on a lot of people's draft radars. Uh, was relatively productive in college. So, I mean, look, is a possibility, but we know with San Francisco, too, they will roll multiple backs. Um, and that is good news for Trey Sermon to where you at least you're going to hold him another week or two, given the at injury. At least uh, the best thing to find out and, and wait for is when they announce who's the starter. Mm-hmm. I mean, the odds on favorite is going to be Elijah Mitchell just based on how the usage was oh, yeah. and with the snaps. I mean, Elijah saw 64% of the snaps. Yep. Compared to twenty eight percent for uh for Jamichael Hasty. Um we just know how this offense runs. You know, mm-hmm. Shanahan will use a back until he's proven that he can't get it done, then he'll switch to the next one. And let's and be honest, he, waivers are not deep enough to where you have to drop or make a move on Trey Sermon right now. No, there there's no need to be, you know, swift about it. So just uh, you know, wait until we know who's the starter this week, and then let's see how you know week two plays out. Sermon's going to be one of those players where we're there a little bit too late on the cut, or you know, you, you, you held on long enough for him to see his value. For sure. Which, like I said, I think the right area on Sermon is probably two to three weeks from now. You don't want to cut bait too early. You don't want to hold on too long. I think two to three weeks from now, if you don't have signs of life, that's when you do it. Yeah, like you want to still have it, and like we. We know multiple backs are always successful. There's no, there's no need to be like if you have the spot to hold them, just keep holding until you you need to drop a player, um, or if you have that shallow of a bench, hopefully you have mm-hmm. you know, deep enough bench spots where you can kind of hold on to a couple stash players, and that's where yeah. you're gonna keep Sermon until you need a player or until he breaks out. Yeah. And that being said, um, you know he's Elijah Mitchell is one of three backs right now that are on waivers that you do put a claim in on. It's him, Tyson Williams and uh, Nate Jones. So there's some other ones. There's some, there's some other smaller ones for the deep release Gainwell, uh, given his usage and, and, and just, uh, just the chances that he saw in that Philly game. And then uh, we're going to take it back to 2017, the backup to Derek Henry in Tennessee, uh, Jeremy McNichols. Hmm. Um, Jeremy McNichols was starting to come on as a waiver pickup at the end of last year. Yeah, this is a whole new look Tennessee offense. We saw exactly the terror of owning a non-pass catching running back and a bad defense versus elite offense. So, uh, if anything were to happen to Henry, we know that you know McNichols has the size to do it, and we know that he's going to be in on those two minute drills and those for sure passing downs. So he's got. He's a he's an add and stash if you have the spots to do it, and he's definitely someone you want to throw on your watch list just to see how everything turns out. With yeah, absolutely. So you Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's going to be out six to eight weeks with a hip injury. So Taylor Heineke will take over there. I don't really have a lot it else to so say. Happened so soon. With that. I, I I actually took him in my Scott Fishbowl, and I end up dropping him. Because I wanted to pick up Sammy Watkins because I needed to add more receivers to my lack of receiver depth. I knew it was going to happen at some point. I didn't think it'd be after week one. So at least I have Mac Jones. I'm a, I'm a little salty that I didn't hold on to Heineke for one more week. I am also glad that I have Mac Jones. Uh, more on him in a minute. 
Uh, Michael Gallup on IR. He's going to miss a minimum of three games. We talked about this a little bit on Sunday. Uh, Cedric Wilson is the the guy that should step in there. But Dalton Schultz saw, I want to say, seven targets out of that game. So, you know, those may be your largest beneficiaries other than C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup getting targeted in the teens. So, Yeah, it's going to be a nice matchup, too, to get the Chargers yeah. expect the same thing that we saw. This past week against... Very, uh, yeah, very similar. Well, I'm trying to go to the snap counts here. Cedric Wilson, uh, 40% of the snaps. Yeah, because he came in as the... Yeah. He was running as the four anyway, and then when Gallup got hurt, he just immediately supplanted it and came in. And this, so. Exactly, so... Yeah. A definite must-add. Absolutely. All right, I want to check in on a couple of rookies here um, just to kind of get some opinions on their performances. Trevor Lawrence, 28-51, 332, three touchdowns, three picks. Uh, pretty pedestrian start for Lawrence. It's a throwaway. He's a rookie. There's not a lot you need to lean into that other than this is kind of why, no matter how good the rookie is, you're iffy on taking up in QB1 leagues. This is this is also a uh, a good note as to be careful when betting on these rookie quarterbacks Yep. in these situations. You and I both recognize that it looks enticing to – to take the team again against Houston on the road, but this is also now we get to see just how bad Jacksonville looks. And Houston played relatively well, and Urban they Meyer did. loses one NFL game and might be on his way to USC. So there's that too. Yeah, there's there's a yeah. Jacksonville's in for a uh, rough pretty season. rough fucking year, pretty yeah. rough year. Uh, Mac Jones, a very good debut for him: twenty nine to thirty nine, two eighty one, uh, one touchdown. Uh, they were in contention to to win it. He kind of managed the game the way he needed to. Damian Harris fumble put that out of reach, but solid debut for Mac Jones. About exactly what you want to want to see out of him early on. And if you see similar performances to this all year, you're perfectly okay with it. This is what yeah. I think Mac Jones is right now. Yeah, he's not he's not a he's not someone you need to worry about in single QB leagues. There's just there's no volume upside and passing. There's obviously no rushing upside, but this is. This is the perfect QB three in Superflex and two QB leagues. He, as you just said, he did exactly what we expected, and he was overall the best rookie in Week One. You know, both it was strugglings for both Lawrence and Wilson. They both were able to kind of right the ship as the game started to get a little bit. I won't say out of hand, but. Obviously, the game script shifted for both the teams they played against. Wilson started out super slow and then kind of righted the ship a bit as it went on. Yeah, um, it, it, it he, looked it looked bad. He overall ended he, up with the better stat line. He recovered pretty nicely after a very slow start. I think he started like five of fourteen or five of seventeen. He was like, or he was like one for seven and a pick. Like it, yeah. it was about it, as bad as it started as you could hope for. But you got to see. The growth within the game, which is encouraging. Yep, ended twenty at thirty-seven, two fifty-eight, two and one. Again, very solid start for Zach Wilson to his career. Um, not as clean as what Mac Jones was, but uh, still, like you said, Dan, adjusted in the middle of the game. He was under more pressure than any other quarterback. They lost Beckton, and he adjusted to it. Yeah. Also, something you got to keep in mind: this offensive line looked worse than expected, and and, and took a huge hit. Wilson yeah. took six sacks. Yeah, yeah. Might so. be, we're gonna see a lot. We're, we're gonna see what he's made, you know, made of in terms of can he hold on to these hits? But he might be in for a rough season. But it, it's encouragement, far more encouraging than 
than what we saw out of Darnold throughout his time there. And that's not a, really a true shot at Darnold, but that's just right. And we'll this show is a little more excitement if you're Jets fans. Yep, and we'll get to some of that here in a minute with Darnold and some of those other guys that new faces, new places. Um, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, they both were used very similarly. They were used in a Taysom Hill type role. It was super annoying. It was very annoying. So not a whole lot to to say there other than not yet. Stay tuned. <laughs> not on their those. time yet. Yep. Looking at running backs, that uh, Najee Harris looked well about kind of like I expected him to look behind the Steelers O line. Sixteen attempts, two point eight yards per rush, three targets, one catch, forty nine total scrimmage yards, no touchdowns. Tough defensive matchup. Not a great start for him, but you know that's the inefficiency that I think we very very much expected running behind that Steelers O-line right now. Here is the most encouraging thing. He saw 100% of the snaps. 100 all of percent. Them. And now that's all of them. If we're looking at 100%, means, the, that means everything. For those keeping track at home, 100% <laughs> of snaps means all of the snaps. All of the snaps. Literally every single one. And then they get... The Raiders' is upcoming weeks and be a lot, lot better of a matchup for him. Yeah, a so. lot easier. Should be a little bit more efficient. So Najee Harris, just stay on that train. Yeah. Uh, Javonta Williams, he led the team in in rush attempts and uh, touch in in touches, but Melvin Gordon had the big run. This is a hot hand team right now, and this is what we expect. Easily, what we expect throughout the first half of the season, and if both running backs continue to look. You know, decent. It's going to be a timeshare. Or pedestrian. (laughs) Or pedestrian. They look the same. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Gordon was able to break off the long run when the defense was worn down. You know, we've heard the same old tropes. Yeah. And, I mean, that's kind of what Gordon has done throughout his career, right? The defense gets worn down from a ground and pound attack, and somebody's going to break one. It was Melvin Gordon this week. He did have a target advantage as well, three to one. Uh, Did Gordon? So for those counted at home, they each saw 33 snaps. Yeah. So <laughs> it is 50%. It, 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 it is even as even gets. It's for literally even. <laughs> if you put those two together, you get Najee Harris's snap share in per- right. from a percentage standpoint. Because 50 plus those- 50 is 100. Ah, I love math. Welcome to Beerfield math. <laughs> Simplicity. We like to we like to break it down here. That's right. Um, rookie wide receivers, a lot of encouraging things here from a unless lot of guys. Unless you're Kadarius Tony. Unless you're Kadarius Tony. Eight percent of the snaps he ran. He he had two touches for negative two yards. I mean, <laughs> he, he lost points for you. So did Elijah Moore. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, all right. Oh yeah, that was also. Rough. But we'll start with Jamar Chase. Seven targets, five receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Led his team in targets. T. Higgins did leave that game, uh, especially towards the end when they're passing a bunch and in overtime with dehydration. So, uh, But Higgins and Chase were, were clearly running as 1A, 1B. Yeah, this is a uh, – they fooled us all. I mean – They did. People that were on the Bengals' offense were kind of coming off, just going to you know fuck with Mixon, Boyd, and Higgins – Burrow comes out, I think, has one of the better games of his career. Only 27 attempts, so we get to see what Cincinnati looks like when they have a lead. He did take five sacks, so that offensive line is clearly going to be a problem for him. Still. But like you said, Chase led the team in targets. 
Um, and he got to uh, he got to burn uh, Breland on what looked to be broken coverage, well, but yeah. either way, Chase showed why he was I feel highly like, touted coming out. I feel like burning Breland's just kind of a rite of passage. Some it, it, some it, weeks, it's yeah, right. It it uh, as a lot of uh, Vikings beat writers put it, it, it really showed just how important it is to maybe give some of your starters, especially defensive starters when you've changed a lot of them over some snaps in preseason because right my god that team that team that defense looked pretty pedestrian i mean they got five sacked which is encouraging the offense looked the the play calling looked even worse yeah and uh by the way revenge game for for andy dalton this week but the Bengals have the bears who have a completely just dog shit secondary outside eddie jackson so uh yeah, expect T. Higgins and and Jamar Chase to have solid games again. You're gonna fire up your Bengals. Fire up your more Bengals. confidence, especially Mixon. Let all hey remember when Mixon wasn't supposed to wasn't supposed to be an RB one. He had a great week. Thirty three touches led the led week one in carries. Hundred plus rush yards, right? Hundred twenty seven rushing yards, uh, twenty three receiving on four catches. Hell yeah! So great week for him. Yep. We're going to fire up your Bengals this week, but Jamar Chase, solid week. Devonta Smith for the Eagles, eight targets, six receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown. He led the team. He was uh, also, fuck you to everybody that, that claimed that Jalen Hurst uh, can't throw a football and it was terrible. Yep, we're going to get to that in a minute because the, we both got a victory lap that a little bit. Uh, Devonta Smith, like his death throw from Hurst to him, that was fucking beautiful. One of the best throws of the week. Shouts out to them. You know, I want to say Smith was, uh, he was like 95% of the snaps or something. 87% easily led all receivers and snap share. Um, yeah. He will very have, encouraging. He will have a tougher test this week against San Francisco, as will Hurts and the entire Eagles offense. I, so I mean, just. Will he? The Lions put up 30-some points on them. Well, they did, but the Lions also went. I don't wonder if San Francisco took their foot off the gas a little bit because they were up by quite a bit. I mean, that. I mean that. I mean, you're right. Detroit's offensive line is uh, significantly better than uh, Philly's. Yes. As both of the running backs in Detroit, you know, were very much viable. I mean, they were RB2 and RB6, I think. Yeah, they were both really good. They were so. both RB1s this week. It's just, it's something to, I mean, look. You're right. They're going to miss Jason Verrett, so they are a little banged up in the secondary. Uh, but it is going to be a tougher matchup, so just no, be beware of that. You're going to start him You're still, absolutely right. But it's tougher You're absolutely matchup. right. Yeah, it's it, it may not be the shootout. We'll see how uh, how this pass rush can handle an actual defense because whatever Atlanta put out there on Sunday was yeah, high school level. It was. That was rough. Uh, Jalen Waddle tied for the team league lead in uh, target share. Six targets, four receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown for Miami. We'll see if he did enough. Will Fuller is back off of his one-game suspension. Yeah. Um, I, I fully expect him to be at least starting over one of Waddle or Parker. Um, but very encouraged. Again, very encouraging to see Waddle, you know, have, you know, the game that he had. It was, it was, it was another great debut for yeah and they'll all be out there in three wide receiver sets they do have the bills so it's another tough defensive matchup this week uh but it it was 
solid floor or solid just performance for Jalen Waddle. So uh, again, encouraging kind of like Devonta Smith. It is another tough, tough matchup. You do have Wolf, Will Fuller coming back. Uh, you may take your foot off the gas on that one just a little bit through week two, but yeah. again, encouraging. Uh, Anthony, I got to ask. I, yeah. I, I do got to ask about uh, not a rookie, but Miles Gaston. Malcolm Brown doing Malcolm Brown things. Um, Gaston only out there for fifty four percent of the snaps. Obviously, he got some of the targets, so he, I'm not saying he's not playable. But is there any concern? No, I mean Gaskin the, was uh, always to me going to kind of be in that that flex sort of range, RB two, RB three. I think there's concerns if you drafted him that high. I loved Miles Gaskin. And Miles Gaskin is value. Part of the reason I don't have a lot of Miles Gaskin in redraft this year is that, you know, kind of not a value. But still sure. had 70-plus all-purpose yards. Um, five targets. Yeah, five targets. In a uh, neutral game script throughout the entire game. Five targets, uh, just nine attempts. So, look, it's kind of what it's going to be, right? It's He's going to be an RB2, RB3, but he's usable, which is why you have him on your roster. Yep. You know, I didn't think he'd come in and just – dominate the usage especially after they said he's not going to do that you know it's also new england too so it was also new england right um so i think this week like i said buffalo they got buffalo so it's another tough matchup but he'll be involved about the same and then we'll go from there yep yep anthony schwartz he saw uh five targets which was also tied for the team lead there were three browns that had five targets uh three receptions 69 yards one rush for 17 yards so uh, solid utilization for Swords. He looked really good for a rookie that came out pretty unheralded. Uh, but you got to pay attention to what they're going to do with Odell Beckham and then how Schwartz mixes in with uh, Peoples Jones after Beckham comes back. I mean, this is, I mean, the Browns had the perfect game script for what they want to do for three and a half quarters. If it wasn't for a complete ding dong move from the punter yep. to uh, Baker you know, getting hit on his throwaway that led to a turnover. Nick Chubb fumbled a very costly fumble. This was, this was a, this is a very good Browns team that just got bitten at the wrong time. And they showed out. Well, when Odell comes back, that just makes the offense that much, that much more explosive. And when you can add Anthony Swartz, who can give you another deep threat because he's very fast. Yeah. Um, it, it just adds to the element. Baker, outside, I know people are going to look at the pick and say he threw a pick. He had a hell of a game. He did have a hell of a game. I mean, he, he played over 10 yards per attempt, and it, it, it's uh, it's very encouraging against the best team, or I guess one of the best teams in football. Yeah, he just looked good doing it, too. Uh, the Browns will end up against the Texans, which, you know, look, they played Nick Chubb game. That's well, but it's going to be a Nick Chubb game, Kareem Hunt game, but. If Beckham doesn't play, you know, we saw that the Texans offense can click a little bit, so it may end up being more neutral than we think. Swartz, uh, yeah, I, I Browns are a little bit better than than Jacksonville, and Browns are home. 12.5-point favorites. That line has jumped up incredibly. Yeah. They opened up at 11.5. That's already a, a full point to, from what they open at. That's insane. Um, so good on the – I mean – it, it, it's what the spread tells us. At least opening spread tells us is it should be. 
It should and Nick be. Chubb, heavy run game. Swartz, I think, is a fine target, but we'll get on that in in DFS on Sunday. Yeah, Schwartz is a guy for DFS or if you're looking for a dart throw or something along those lines. Rondell yeah. Moore uh, in Arizona, five targets, four receptions, 68 yards. He was tied for third in targets on the team, though, and that's what that's really what you were concerned with is where does he fall in that pecking order? He was tied for uh, third with Christian Kirk. So, what What really tells me is that they need to stop fucking around with A.J. Green. Green 80% had- of the snaps and... Got, got he's just he's not the same player. At six and, targets, two receptions. Hopkins is obviously going to be your, yeah, your top getter he's there. A clear but. on one, but they it, there's so much more with what this offense can offer when you put out Kurt and Moore along with Hopkins, and you can just stop fucking around with AJ Green. Like he doesn't offer you pretty much anything. It's gotta take some time. I don't think I know. Some, they're gonna do next week. Uh, they do go up against the Vikings, though. Who you know, we saw what their <laughs> defense is. So that's a fun. That should be another fun uh, potential shootout. Uh, yeah, it, it's another one where you know I think I'm probably okay running Kirk or Kirk or uh, or more out both. Yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of uh, there'll there'll be some Cardinal stacks in my DFS lineups. I will I will definitely say that. Yep, Elijah Moore, not kind of the other side of it. Not a great game for him. Um, you know, I mean, it was just Corey Davis on as for receiver wise. It, it was we got to see Wilson start to lean on Corey Davis, his number one receiver, which Mims, is good I for don't Corey think Davis. Registered a catch, yeah, right. Mimson and registered a catch until the fourth quarter. Your other and, concern with Elijah Moore is that Jamison Crowder should be back. It should. I think it's just. Uh, I think the most encouraging thing that's going to have to happen is it's Wilson puts together for a full game. Wilson having a, a good second half is is definitely encouraging. The running back situation is a complete mess. Um, against why we told you to avoid drafting Michael Carter at his ADP. Um, the offensive line struggling is not going to be the biggest help. More will hopefully run a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, and we'll see if we'll we'll see if that team can you know, can get more gel together next week. Yeah, Jets do have the Patriots this week, too, so. Not a good matchup. Not a good matchup. <laughs> maybe maybe week three. It we'll probably see. is just going to be Corey Davis and nobody else this week. That's probably going to be the call most weeks until uh, until we see an improvement. Yeah. Uh, Corey Davis and Corey Davis only. Yep. Um, you can maybe get away with Jamison Crowder since, you know. I, I wouldn't even go. I mean, w- we don't even know if Wilson can support two. It's not that. It's that Jamison Crowder might be the one he's supporting, given the outside coverage that New England runs out there. And, and we'll also see what uh, what the snaps and everything looks like after next week when they're both yeah. when when he's back and maybe Keelan Cole's back too. So it's just uh, looking at like J.C. Jackson and ah oh hell, the other Patriots cornerback whose name for whatever reason is slipping in my mind. Like Gilmore, Gilmore, yeah, Stephon Gilmore. Just, it may be uh, you're not playing Davis next week because you'll that, likely get Gilmore. Kind of why I'm like, well, if Crowder goes, he might be the guy because he'll run strictly out of the slot. Davis is going to have his work cut out for him against those two. Yeah, it's going to be at least Elijah Moore did run eighty eighty six percent of the snaps. Um, so again, we'll see. I don't yeah. know if we're gonna if it's gonna go flat out from. 
you know, from more running with the ones the entire game to he's now on the bench. And maybe we see more slide out to that outside role and Crowder just operates out of the slot like he normally does. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. Even we'll see. if, then, you know, I still don't love it this week. No, no, God, no. Um, you're not playing any Jets next week. We'll just say that. Yeah, I'll probably. Week. Well, I'm not. I'm there. Like we can play. Like Crowder gonna have a nice game. I I, I have zero I, confidence in this. I'll make the play for Crowder under certain situations, right? And it's just, <laughs> it's because I think he's gonna be the guy that gets the target volume given the outside coverage on Corey Davis. And I love Corey Davis, but yeah, you know, it, it, yeah. Like, call it when we'll you call see. it, right? We know. We know how rookie quarterbacks have uh, fared against Belichick defenses yeah. throughout the history of that. So and I will, may just I may just uh, punt that. This and it will week. be rookie versus rookie. So it will. Uh, Kyle Pitts eight targets, four receptions, thirty-one yards. Tied for the team. Tied Calvin Ridley for the team league there. Lead there is a lot of people are expecting, but horribly inefficient for both Falcons pass catchers. I mean that Atlanta. That I mean, Philly is not supposed to have. A good defense, and they and this is even more concerning. I mean, they get Tampa Bay, who has who's got a far better defense, far better. Pass Tampa rush. Bay's got a really banged up secondary, but the pass they rush do. is going to be. It may oof. not even matter if Matt Ryan can't get the ball out in time because he's constantly on Under the floor. Pressure, so, right? Yeah. So this may be. Uh, you're going to still roll out Pitts. I mean, he. I mean, eight targets. The guy is the number two there. Yep. No, eight targets for a tight end is what you want. You just need the results to to come along a bit, and it might be another rough one. But I mean, for eight he, targets, you're rolling them out. Same thing yeah, with Ridley, he, right? Rough game, but exactly. eight targets, you're still going to roll them out. Well, yeah, like there's no way you're. I mean, just the amount of capital spent to get Ridley, right? You know, better days are ahead. So right. All right, uh, I want to look at a couple of situations being situational things. Tampa Bay. I don't think we need to hammer this too hard. Uh, we know what the target volume was. It, uh, Mike Evans was was third third in target volume there, I think, or was he fourth? He was third. I he think was he, third. Was, he was. I think fourth behind Gronk. I think he was behind Gronk. Yeah, that's. I'll, I mean, it's going to fluctuate from week to week. It I mean, will. Um, Brown and Godwin were were well ahead of him. I mean, we got. We knew from last year when Brown joined the team. You know, a couple of weeks and we kind of had an idea of what this is. Sorry, like. Godwin was well ahead of both of them. Yeah, uh, Brown I mean, had seven and was hyper efficient. So yeah, it, it's going to. I mean, Mike Evans was b- below Leonard Fournette, who had seven targets himself. Yeah, it, it's 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 going to be the same. Like it's going to fluctuate from week to week. We know we know that Evans is going to eventually have his blow up game, but he was one of the easiest uh, fades. And redraft for receiver, even Godwin to an extent was so. Yeah, and they do know. have it, and like we just talked about, they have Atlanta. So you want to get right game. That's a game where you're starting your box. Yeah. Uh, Ronald Fournette. Uh, Ronald Fournette. Ronald Fournette. I mean, sure, sure. Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. Uh, not uh, well documented. Don't need to talk about it much. A lackluster game for both of them. Jones uh, got announced. Jones was announced as starter. Yeah, he will be the starter. Fournette will mix in. Expect more split until somebody runs away with this. Jones said he just, I mean, I mean, the coaching staff basically pointed out saying that Jones just wasn't right mentally after that fumble. It wasn't, he was in a doghouse. It was, he's just, 
that fumble, I guess, took a lot out of him. I guess and so. So we'll see. All right, looking at uh, Pittsburgh target share, Juju 8, Deontay 10, Chase Claypool 5. So eh, more of the same from last year, right? Claypool much, is much better matchup against Oakland this upcoming week. But, yeah, you're yeah. right. It's going to be the same. It's a lot of the same. You get a lot of short-range volume going to Juju, a lot of short-range volume going to Johnson, and uh, Claypool not necessarily getting the volume. He's going to rely on efficiency. So. I mean, that was what it was last year. It was they're going to manufacture touches for him just in, you know, just because he's so big and fast. You have to try to get him the ball. But, you know, Deontay, there's there's no one's going to be shocked when Deontay leads his team in targets. It's no one. He no. got banged up. You know, he's able to come back in. Um, just, it's efficiency. Know. It's the same thing with Deontay yeah. as it is for Juju. It's just efficiency with your targets. He's getting all of the volume in the world. I'll be looking. But, I'll be interested to look once player profiler puts up their – yeah, their percentages for uh, for a week one to see what the slot percentages looks like for both. Yeah, Deontay He's, and Juju. Deontay's getting all the volume in the world. They're just not doing a lot with that volume. It's, so it's also Big Ben who just is like not for, for himself. fuck's sake. Just put him behind it, the shed and just. Let and him, if it's not good go. in Oakland, if you see more of the same against the Raiders, or sorry, Vegas, if you see more of the same against the Raiders, then. You know, you've got to chalk that up to just buckle in. That's what you're going to get. And that pass year. rush, that pass rush looked very good last night. I mean, uh, Baltimore's offensive line is also banged up. They lost some key pieces in the offseason, and they got, they put Lamar Jackson under duress. Imagine against a worse offensive line and a, the exact opposite of mobility from a quarterback in Big Ben. It could be ugly next week in terms of, in terms of pressure of that. Raiders uh, D line has uh, has uh, figured out their pass rush. Yeah, it it very well could be. Uh, Jets running backs look still looking for a hot hand here. Tevin Coleman was the lead guy, um, just barely out touching Ty Johnson. Michael Carter clearly third, uh, but they all were similar. It was nine to seven to six. So it's just funny because Johnson out snapped Coleman by a lot, uh, thirty five to seventeen. Right. So, so Johnson's so Johnson's the clear guy that they go to, but it's it may not matter, and it definitely won't matter this week. No, definitely won't matter this week. Don't expect anything to get better there. Um, Indianapolis did a little bit of, of spreading the ball out. A lot of people were watching Indy to see how that wide receiver work was gonna was gonna land. Uh, and at the end of the day, the top target getter was Naeem Mines. So. I think both him, it was him and and Taylor, right? Heinz uh, had eight, Taylor seven. Uh, Pascal was your leading target getter at wide receiver. So he's, he's if you were on leading receiver. Pittman or Paris Campbell, keep waiting on that one. So at the end of the day, we were we were. It was Pascal. It wasn't even Pittman or Campbell. It wasn't Pittman or Campbell. Uh, it was Pascal, and it was all ugly. So 15 targets went to running backs on 38 attempts from Wentz against Seattle, who is, against, who is not known for their secondary. So again, yeah, it, it's uh, the answer just may be the running backs. This just may be, I mean, the fact that Jonathan Taylor got seven targets and nine, I'm still at eight. <laughs> just it, a, it's great for Taylor. I mean, that's, I mean, all he just needs is touchdowns and we can't predict those. So, I mean, the guy had the, the guy had 116 all-purpose yards. Yep. 
Taylor is a clear RB1 probably every week if that touchdown falls his way. Yeah, so there's a lot made of Ayuk versus Debo Samuel, and the answer is loud and clear. The answer is... It's uh, it's Debo. I mean, it's it. I, I know it's Debo. Nine Ayuk, and twelve I mean, for one eighty nine and one. Kyle Shanahan came out said that Ayuk battle with a hamstring injury. That's why Trent Sherfield was out snapped him significantly. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't understand why you you even but play Ayuk. Don't why ignore you? the other quotes too that Ayuk's still learning how to be a pro. That was oh. what was thrown out there as well. And you know who else they said shit like that about? Fucking Dante Pettis. Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll take the uh, I'm not saying the run out Ayuk by any means, but at least he was a far more productive rookie and uh, significantly more capital to him. More capital, I'll give you. Was he that much more productive? I mean, he had over 800 yards, I think, as a receiver last year. I mean, he hit he had all the key. I want to say he hit all the key. Fuck, where is he? So he didn't do anything. So he's not going to show up on anything. Seven hundred. He had seven hundred forty-eight yards and ninety-six targets his rookie year. That's. I mean, that's extremely good for a rookie receiver. Yeah, Dante Pettis was at four sixty-seven. Only played twelve ga- or only played twelve games. So yeah, yeah. I what mean, we do know is, is it's. We know that once the top, if if one of the top three guys is is, is banged up or hurt, we'll see those targets condense more. And as far as on as Ayuk is banged up, even um, if he's not, or he's in the doghouse, Debo. There's no reason to hate. To I know you're not hating on Debo, but just not. throwing it out there, there is no reason to hate on Debo because all Debo has done when he's healthy is produce. There, yeah, you've got to believe in it at healthy. this point. Oh yeah, he, he's, he just has to stay healthy. If he's he healthy, always you the start him. Yeah, he was always, he was the, always better the better value. He's a stud of a wide receiver. If he's healthy, you start him, you play him. There's not positive things coming out about Ayuk. You ride Debo as long as you can ride Debo. And we did him dirty by calling that into question, given what he's done when he's been healthy. So, you know, I, I think I owe Debo Samuel a personal apology. We already talked San Francisco's, San Francisco's running back, so I'm going to skip that. Detroit's targets was ugly. There was no clear... Uh, yeah, when the tight ends are running backs, uh, clearly I'll produce your receiver. It's, it's it's ugly. It's ugly. It's no one, no receivers. Hawkinson, again, I, 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 I would take him over Kittle, but saying it all offseason. And he had a better yeah. game. It, it's going to be proven that way. You have, yeah. uh, they have a good offensive line in Detroit that's only going to get better once uh, Decker comes back off IR, Eight hopefully of- right after week three. Yep. And we know where all the targets go to. It's the two running backs right now. This makes Jamal Williams. Uh, uh, he has flex value. Flexible. DeAndre Swift was was huge. Even game. when even when Swift's one hundred percent, I mean, people freaked out and bench Swift because they were going to play Jamal Williams over him to start the game. Like why you don't don't come off Swift? You you know that the target volume is going to go to like three people. And now this includes Jamal Williams. Yep. If you came off of Swift, you fucking deserve the L that you got for benching him. Yep. Just saying. You did. He had a he had a great game. Jamal Williams had a great game. TJ Hawkinson, 10 targets. Easily led. If you're looking for a wide receiver, it was Trinity Benson that led the wide receivers in targets. <laughs> he had 19 yards. Actually, it was Quintus Cephas at seven. Oh, Quintus Cephas had seven and a totter. But only 12 yards. 
So yeah. the and top this took shootouts. This took shootouts and everything. The else. top yardage wide receiver was Amon Ross St. Brown at twenty three. Again, yeah. this is against San Francisco. We'll see how they do against easier competition, but not a great start for Detroit. Still stay away from the wide receivers. If you believed in one of them, you got like another week before you drop them if you don't drop them this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're starting to. I feel like what we saw this week is going to be the way that Detroit goes a lot. It's going to run mm-hmm. through the backs and TJ Hawk. Number one receiver in snaps was Khalif Raymond, who played 75% of the stats. Amon Ra was second yeah. at 64. Saw nine special teams, so that which again speaks to the importance of playing special teams as a rookie. We're not a day one or high day two pick. Um, his time could be coming, but we know as of right now, until we get more information as the weeks goes on. And he's a rookie. I mean, Swift. He's yeah. gonna, Dan Arnold's going to be a an earn it type person. So, um, Houston's backfield. I don't want to talk about Houston's. Backfield. We got to talk about Houston's. The fact backfield. that Mark Ingram's. 26 attempts, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Mark Ingram's back, baby. I don't think that's going to hold up at all against any other teams. It's not Jacksonville. They get Cleveland next week. There's no fucking week. There's no way uh, we'll, Mark Ingram is going to be game scripted to see 20 target or uh, 26 uh, touches. 20 touches. Uh, no way. Far, I mean, in a, it, far and away ahead of the other two backs, but Philip Lindsay and David Johnson also put in touchdowns. It's. I want to see how the routes run uh, come out. David Johnson did have four targets, so Lindsay's one. Mark Ingram had one as well. Johnson's was a receiving touchdown. So the way that this laid out is this. Mark Ingram was the lead back. David Johnson got the receiving work. Philip Lindsay was the change of pace guy. Yeah. It's going to be uh, – We'll have to see if gonna, that holds. If you, want any, if you want any Houston running back, I'm, I'm taking the guy that's going to see – is going to see work on pass catching downs and hurry up offense because – Houston's not going to get Jacksonville every week. So you're going David Johnson. I'm going Mark Ingram because of the sheer lead and touches right now. They're all on rosters somewhere. Some, I mean, that's, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think Mark Ingram's got to be out there. And you're going to see people drop Philip Lindsay and David Johnson because of what Mark Ingram did. The only reason I don't want Ingram is because I, there's, I just don't see how this game script works in his uh, favor. And that's the other thing weeks. after waivers run tomorrow, by the way. Go look at who people yes. dropped and pick some people up because there's going to be some guys that got that you were believed in, that you were maybe sniped on, that you believed in, that get cut early. So jump yeah, all yeah. over them. Exactly. It, it's, when you can uh, pick them up for free. Or, no, they'll still go through waivers, but still. Yeah, it, it, it's maybe we'll get a clear idea. Maybe more running backs will get banged up, and we'll see one of these three guys get moved down from. Yep. I mean, Houston's – I will say this about Houston's offense. It's better than expected. I, I will give them that. And if they get favorable matchups, I think Mark Ingram definitely has value if if he's still the lead back then. But we know next week isn't a favorable matchup for them. So, yep. I, I think uh, he's It is a Terod Taylor revenge game, though. It is. I think I think half the league is a revenge game for, for the Tiger himself. Well, that could be for Tiger. And Fitzpatrick. The tie guides themselves for after games or revenge games. I feel like. All right, look at it, New Orleans. Uh, we'll get. To, oh my god. We'll get to Jameis in a second. You uh, took some great advice from his trainer. <laughs> I think. I think Jameis is every uh, bit of us. I love Jameis Winston so much. I really do. 
And there's um, a podcast. It, it, we everybody it, made a big deal about him stealing crab legs. It's like, man, you look at what half the rest of the NFL has done. You eat your crab legs, buddy. You know what I'm excited about about Winston? Not his passing numbers because that's insane efficiency. He ran the ball six times. Yeah, six for that's thirty-seven. Exciting. For but, me, that's what I'm excited about. And he was the most efficient passer in the league. Five touchdowns and just 20 attempts. That is an uns- I That's Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson levels. 25% TD rate is not sustainable, guys, just in case you're curious. And, uh, I, I mean, 20 attempts and only 148 yards is not the most desirable thing. But there's no one there. He's got... He's got Marcus Callaway, got Jair Alexander. We know that's. We I mean, can't be shocked about that. Seven-ish when, yards an attempt with no receivers. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I mean, you got Troutman. You had Kamara, who is easily going to be the most sought. He's going to be the most looked at running back when you or most looked at player on this team when you're playing the Saints. So his efficiency kind of not being great isn't shocking. No. I took a flyer on Jawan Johnson, the modern day Joe Foria. Johnson. I mean, the snaps are, uh, it's easy. He's the easiest. Don't buy into his two touchdowns as Troutman significantly outsnapped. It was in best uh, ball where I had F- oh, three tight better. ends put up zero. So, yeah. Juwan Johnson, known, known as a, he's a wide receiver in some leagues and a tight end in others. It's because he converted. Uh, he converted. So, <laughs> Troutman, uh, 51 snaps. The next Darren Waller. 12. It could be. There's a lot of those guys out There's there. There's a lot of next year in Wallers. Uh, no, uh, you're not going for anything in the Saints receiving game, though. Right now, I'll take I'll take my chances on Troutman. Unless, you know, a tight end landscape is a bit ugly. Tra- I like Troutman, Troutman, six, sure, but from a wide receiver yeah, standpoint, no, nah, a, nope. A better days ahead for Callaway. He's not going to get shadow corners. Who do they play next week? Maybe it's better. I haven't looked. I Saints are playing the Panthers. So That's Brad, bad. He'll, he'll get Bradbury though. No, no, that Bradbury. He's oh. he's the Giants. Uh he'll get uh is it who is the other top corner? It wasn't Sertan. Sertan went to Denver. It was the other one. Oh I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, TCU. Oh no, that TCU is South Carolina. JC JC Horn? Yeah, JC Horn. He'll get the rookie. Yeah. He'll get the rookie on him. So Well and Corey Davis had a good game, but still, true. Very Marquez true. Calloway is not Corey Davis, so no. But Calloway will have uh, probably better days. And we also game. saw it should be Carolina, like we talked about with the Jets, should be very, very neutral for a lot of teams. They're an average defense with capability of playing slightly above average, but they're not locked down by any means. They should be pretty neutral. Saints are going to try to do exactly what they did here. They're going to try to run through. Jones and Camara and pass when they need to and see how efficient they can make Jameis Winston. And you know what? It worked last week. So Tony Jones, Alvin Camara, they're the two you're starting. Jameis Winston next week, if you need to run it, if you need a quarterback to look, not probably not going to repeat those efficiency numbers, but if that's how they're going to run it, you could do worse. So yeah, you're going to, you're going to sit there and hope that, I mean, we expect Carolina's offense to be a, a little more functional than what Green Bay was, but we know that New Orleans defense is good. Even with a banged up Lattimore, he completely shut down Adams. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's encouraging for All right. sure. We already talked Miami's running backs. I want to look at the Patriots targets because there was a lot of, you know, who's going to get them. 
basically. Nelson I thought Aguilar, it was still, it's still going to be. It's so. It, I think it's still Jacoby. Jacoby had nine. Aguilar had seven. Aguilar was more efficient with his targets. Um, that just is what it is. It's going to be those two, but they're going to eat into each other's work. They're both going to be Hunter Renfro level most weeks, and you know they're in that wide receiver three type discussion with some upside matchups. My favorite, James White in. Neutral game script. It's off seven targets. Still. Seven targets. They're back. I mean, the Patriots and how they're going to run this thing are back. 23 carries for Damian Harris. Just three targets. Most targets went to James White. You got your Deion Lewis and your James White here. And for those wondering how the receiving pecu- uh, pecking order in terms of snaps look, Jacoby Myers missed one snap. That's, well, that's like 99%. That's yeah. like 99%. Nelson Aguilar, 85%. Uh, uh, 10 less, but clear number two, number three, Kendrick Bourne, only 33%, or o- only 33 of the stats, uh, 44%. This is clearly Myers and Aguilar mm-hmm. in, in, in 12 personnel, which you expect them to run when you have both John o. Smith and Hunter, and Hunter Henry. Henry, when they both saw 72 plus percent of their snaps. Yep. It's, it, 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 we know what this offense is combined with James White. Uh, Damon Harris, if he didn't have to fumble, we wouldn't hear the bullshit that we're hearing now. Did a good game, not great but good. Uh, touchdowns coming his way against a good defense. So exactly, uh, there was some. I, I I saw some reports that David Harris may see less work because of his late time fumble. I'm sorry, but Ramondre Stevenson fumbled on his first carry. Right, exactly. Like, Who are you going to give carries to? Like you're not going to give him all the James White. That's not his role. So Harris, Harris is maybe fine. He plays two or less snaps. He's going to be completely fine. We know what his role is. He even saw three targets himself. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, Johnny Smith, by the way, love the tight ends and targets. Like you said, both him and Henry on the field. Henry yep. probably yep. blocking a little more. So, Yep, he is the better of the two. Is he the is the better of the two at that. Denver running backs, you already talked about it. They had a pretty even split. Arizona's target share, we already talked about that a little bit. We need to look at the Arizona running backs. Um, it should just it's always like you right, Yeah, we'll look at it. No, we're going to look at it. Um, 16 and 16. They had even touches. Even touches? Yeah, look at snap count for me. But uh, even touches. James Conner had 16 carries for 53 yards. Chase Edmonds had 12 carries and four receptions for over 100 scrimmage yards. So Chase Edmonds was the better of the two. Chase had six more snaps and the fact that he was far better out. I mean, Conner, to me... This was a far more. It was a. It was a far better game script for back like Connor. And this just to me tells me Chase Edmonds is. He's an RB two plus. He's a lead back. It might be sixty forty yeah. split, but Chase Edmonds is a lead back, and he's RB two plus, and that's where you drafted him with confidence. So, yeah, he even got four targets in a game that was always out of hand. It, 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 this is. Chase Edmonds is no worse than an RB two at this point, and if he gets into the end zone. He, Again, he's your new Austin Eckler right now. Yeah. I'm going to punt on the Rams situation. Sonia Michelle didn't really know the, the playbook. Darryl, Darryl Henderson There's had so a good game victory last time. On, so. On, so many victory ass on Darrell Henderson. And, and and we keep saying, guys, he got – Michelle joined this team like two weeks ago. And Let him even. learn the playbook. He has a role. You don't trade two draft picks a week before cuts if there isn't an idea that you want for – that back that you traded for. Right. Michelle it's not like have a role. Henderson got fed. He had 
Right. He had one target and 16 rushes in a game where the Rams are comfortably ahead. They're, yeah, he but, played. He 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 had no less than 60 percent of the snaps before this game, and we said it all along. Terrell Henderson will likely have career highs in snaps and touches in the first a few weeks while we wait for Sony Michelle to get up to speed in this offense. This is a Super Bowl caliber team. They're not going to trot out there a guy that's not that's not prepared yet. This, nope. is, this is one of the the most difficult divisions in football. When all four teams are playoff viable, they're not going to just you know trot out a guy that they just traded for. He'll he'll have his time, and you'll see where the benefit comes from. You'll see what the snaps truly look like in a few weeks. Yes, you will. All right. Uh, let's see. Baltimore's running back. Uh, same thing, although a little bit more Latavius Murray than I was expecting to see for him just signing. Uh, so uh, Tyson Williams, this is his first game he's ever played. Yep. Uh, he looked a little lost second half when the game was a little bit more like close. When that 14 old lead is gone, Oakland is competing. Dry that Oakland's hard. Uh, Vegas is driving, competing. Uh, Tyson was a key reason to Lamar's second fumble, completely just whiffed on his block. Uh, that's what Latavius Murray saw a lot more of the snaps in the run in the second half, and, and he looked terrible. He was inefficient, but I mean, look, just like we said, Sonny Michelle couldn't really know a lot of the playbook. Yeah, he, that's true. Latavius too. Murray could not have been prepared to step in there signing two days beforehand. Yeah, it, so. it should have been like it. it this is a product of the game flipping but, on Baltimore, and this is a significant issue that you're going to see Tyson throughout Williams. the year. It, it, it's, it, it's the running game is nowhere near what they want it to be, and the offensive line is a massive concern. But, but Mar- you, what you will see is you're going to see more Latavius Murray plus another veteran back once either Devonta Freeman or Love Bell's up to speed. I mean, Tyson Williams was was great in the first half. He just—I'm not he, saying—and yeah. I'm not saying it because of his rushing ability. But if he's going to struggle and pass pro, then they're not going to have him on the field for that. So no, no, and you're absolutely right. But it's going to hurt like his with, receiving upside a little bit if he's going to be just like with Murray. Chips. He could also improve. Not he—he he may have been throughout uh, training camp or preseason with this team, but he wasn't. Yeah. Running with he was running with the threes at that point. Right. So, so I mean, yeah. this is going to be a developing situation. The thing with Latavius Murray getting the snaps he did when Williams struggled, they clearly brought him in with a purpose. So, yep. yep. You stash and keep an eye on that. With Tyson Williams, you need to see him get better. He looked good as good early on. Stats are there. If he's on waivers. Absolutely, go grab him. Um, but this is a situation to monitor and trade him in dynasty yeah. like. This Baltimore team makes nearly every running back look viable. And this is going to be, I think this is going to be a fluid situation. Yep. You have, I'm not saying that Devonta Freeman and Le'Veon Bell are going to threat much of anything, but no one on this team has a, has no one's locked in yet. No one, there's everyone's got a, everyone has a short leash. And once uh, Freeman and Bell are more up to speed with what the Ravens want them to do. You'll see them also get mixed in, and you'll have you, we may have a more clear idea second half of the season. But this is going to be Baltimore is in a rough way. <laughs> we'll just say that they are. Uh, they are in a rough way. 
Last situational check-in is Oakland's wide receivers. Uh, a lot of people watching Brian Edwards, uh, Hunter Renfro. No respect on his name. Uh, Hunter Renfro, nine targets, 70, 70 receiving yards. He's just all re- reliable. He's the type of wide receiver I love, and I talk about it a lot on this show. Just Sergeant Renfro, and it, it's what just he is. floor for him. But Brian Edwards showed, showed some flash. So It was a travesty again, that Brian Edwards didn't get his first target until the end of the fourth quarter. Yep. It's fucking bullshit and then took off so hopefully they yeah. game plan a little bit better for that one uh but both guys should be on rosters at this point uh josh jacobs if you got him trade him i, I don't like the situation for him he got he got gifted two touchdowns in the red zone and couldn't drink with better at least as a receiver as a receiver yeah five for 59 as a runner nobody looked good again we'll see how that yeah. situation evolves um you know, you can say if you got him, trade him. I think you're going to have a better opportunity to get two touchdowns this game. I mean, I mean, yeah, but he wasn't efficient. So unless you got some dumbass, I don't in your know, owner, yeah, thinks touchdowns think are I, a lot. You're probably I think more or less owners are going to look at fantasy point score than efficient. Like most most common owners, you know, people like us who look deeper will know, yeah. but people will see Josh Jacobs. Touchdowns, touchdowns are a fluky stat in look. Um, uh, and to us, yes, they definitely are. But to your common a fantasy player? If anything, I'm looking at the schedule. Josh Jacobs is probably a better... He's maybe a better buy-low candidate around mid around their bye week than he is around, than he is a, a sell-high. Listen to this. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Miami, the Chargers, the Bears, the Broncos, the Eagles to start. Good, good run defenses. He, 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 he may be dropped. Yeah. And then <laughs> coming out of the bye week, New York, the Giants. Okay. Good week. Kansas City. We'll see. Cincinnati. Dallas. Football team. Kansas City again. Cleveland. I don't know how much better it's going to get. Denver again, Indy, Los Angeles. It's really those first three to four weeks coming out of the bye. And then I think at that point his value is going to be. Yeah, and we'll know about these run defenses. That is a rough schedule, though. I, 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 this may be, you know, I I take the gift of two touchdowns and see if you can find a, find that joker in your league. This, I mean, he's going to get his volume as he gets healthier because he's not healthy he was still battling you know being sick over the weekend how did they get such a hard schedule other than the fact that they play improvements to the uh just that division got better defensively yeah and that is a hard schedule for the raiders they just drew a tough uh a tough divisional and conference opponents this year yeah rough all right a couple stand-up performances i want to talk about real quick jalen hurts um, you said it earlier. Fuck you to the people that said that he couldn't throw. Jalen Hurts, we've talked about it on this show a lot. We started from fuck Jalen Hurts to, man, he made adjustments. He's going to be really good. The kid has done nothing throughout college and now in the NFL but make adjustments and improve and make adjustments and improve on his game weaknesses. He had a great game. He put passing with the rushing. That is the upside that is the reason that Dan and I – a little bit more you than me, but I was never off on Hurts either. We're on Jalen Hurts a ton this offseason. is because we knew that that type of passing performance and that ability to throw the football was in there. 
Yes, it's against Atlanta, so you can't fully victory lap it. But you know, I'm full on victory lapping. That's this shit. the full on. That is the first step. Is can you do it against a good team? And he looked great. Or sorry, can you do it against a bad defense? And he looked great against a bad defense. He looked like everything that we knew that he could be as a passer. Three touchdowns, hyper efficient, 126 rating. Added another 62 yards on the ground. That's MVP level right there. There's not very many running backs that are going to get, not, not running backs, excuse me, quarterbacks that are going to see the rushing volume that Hurts will see each and every week. What makes him a top five upside quarterback? It's not his passing numbers, it's his rushing numbers. When those touchdowns start to come on the ground, combined with him already being an above-average passer, maybe not to the levels of Wilson just yet, maybe not on Kyler's level, but not not nearly, not that far off. And he's already better. He's been better than Lamar Jackson. Yep. And to do it with weapons that are young and explosive, it, it, it's... I've been on Hurst's train. I've been aggressive on Hurst's train because... And, we and, saw we saw what makes a top five quarterback in fantasy. And Jalen Hurts. And, and he, Jalen Hurts. Here's the thing: the schedule's good. Um, he's got the 49ers this week. That'll be a little bit of a test. So interested to see how that goes. But then he gets Dallas, Kansas City, Carolina, Tampa Bay. Um, so a couple rough matchups in there. Then Raiders, Lions, Chargers, Denver, Saints. More good matchups than bad for Jalen Hurts throughout the the majority of the fantasy football season so and it may not even matter because we know that rushing upside is he may he the may floor look is going to be there regardless yep yeah he may look bad from an, a passing efficiency standpoint you know if, you know through some of these games it may not come as easy as it did against the falcons the rushing mm-hmm. is always going to you know propel him let's say he gets you know 10 rushes 80 yards and a touchdown that's an rb2 week as a quarterback and he's knowing he's going to have good Average at worst passing numbers every week. And and all you need is maybe a one or two passing touchdowns, which you can get in this offense. Hertz is going to be a top five quarterback moving forward. And you should be ecstatic that you got him in the ninth, tenth, and eleventh round. Yep. Uh, one more player I want to talk about as far as having a good week, then we'll hit a beer review and get into week two. Um Dave Montgomery, guy a lot of people slept on, went down in the same area as uh, you know DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders. A um, lot of people down on Dave Montgomery. Picked up right where he left off last year against a good, what should be a good Rams run defense. Uh, 108 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I'm uh, easily the best player on the field for the I, Bears. I will, I will own him an apology. I mean, he has improved. And that's all you can say is that we knew that the struggles were there in his rookie season. We knew the struggles were there in the first half of last year. And we knew that just because he had easy matchups to end the year doesn't mean that he can't improve as a player. He comes out this year and he looks more decisive. He's he breaking looks, tackles. He look he shows what he saw in college. Never, yeah. yeah, he he looks more explosive, which in turn is because he's more decisive. He's not trying to get cute. He's not trying to be the next Le'Veon Bell in terms of trying to outuse his vision. 
he he is just he's more comfortable. And we see running backs do this where he's easily he's easy to shit on and they can prove us wrong. And he's done that. And it's only gonna get better for him once Dalton's off the field and you get Justin Fields who should open up the running game even more just given his ability as a rusher. Yeah. It's only going to get better for Montgomery once Dalton's gone. Only going to get better, in my opinion. And they have Cincinnati this week, which is another great matchup. Mm-hmm. All right, let's hit a beer review, and then let's go look at some of these uh, early matchups. Beer review. Uh, uh, 14.8%. So again, for those at home wondering, I am drinking Triptix 52HC. This is an Imperial Stout with roasted pistachios and uh, a Papua New Guinea's vanilla beans. Um, as I said, this is 14, uh, 14.8%. The pistachios are going to give off a very rich, sweet uh, added on to what's already going to be a heavily uh, decadent a decadent imperial south of the vanilla beans. It's going to continue to add on top of that. It's just very rich, very sweet. If you like styles like this, you'll likely enjoy beers like this, uh, especially this one. Uh, and that's as much I can really say for it. it, it, it it's as advertised. It's better than the first time I had it. From what I remember. All right. Sorry. My, I just got a text that said, how the hell did I pick up Elijah Mitchell off waivers in my league? Like, <laughs> So another thing to keep in mind here, folks, um, there's at least one of those every year at the running back position. It was James Robinson last year. It was Philip Lindsay the year before. It happens. Just a late-round rookie that nobody is on at all is totally under the radar, and then they end up getting opportunity, and they take off. So just it's a thing. Anyway, I had Snowball Juice, Hazy Juicy IPA, Strawberry Shortcake. Uh, very, very good. Strawberry on this one's subtle. I think that the fact that it is an IPA, the bitterness and some of the hop flavor really balances out without taking the forefront. The hops are definitely an afterthought in this, but it really helps balance out some of the sweetness that's there. Um, graham cracker, don't get a lot of that. Definitely more strawberries and vanilla. Um, but because it's balanced out by that hop flavor, it, it's overall a pleasantly drinking beer that doesn't hit you overly sweet. Um, and, you know, it just it goes down nice. I think that it it's it's very well done um, for a fruited IPA. So sounds tasty. It is very tasty. Very much a fan. All right. OK, so. Let's go ahead and get into some of these matchups this week. Uh, I'll pull up FanDuel here in just a second. Well, I was trying to do that earlier, and then I got distracted by Elijah Mitchell questions. (laughs) Like, so, let me get logged in here. One of the annoying things about FanDuel is it logs me out every... Yeah. I got it up to five I minutes. Just don't say, okay. I just don't say logged in. Not to worry about it. All right. Giants in the football team. They're the Thursday night game. 40 and a half over under. 
Uh, football team is favored by three in this one. I think that that's probably a no-brainer, even with Taylor Heineke. Giants are a dumpster fire. Fan- You're going to probably see more of the running game. For so fantasy, it's good. Gibson, McLaurin, Barkley. Your studs and nobody else. Oh, my Sterling Shepard, just from what we saw from him this past week. Yeah, I forgot to check in on Giants target share. What, how- I mean, it's it's going to be – it was basically both Shepard and Galladay saw 85-plus percent of the snaps. I think Shepard was also uh, a 99% of uh, – of snaps on there target wise you got uh nine for shepherd seven for slayton six for galladay snaps wise shepherd did have a really big week there so yeah i can get behind that i think they're going to be under pressure but if shepherd's going to get volume in things that look ugly i mean your number one and two receivers on on 12 personnel plus is going to be shepherd and galladay 95 and 85 percent Snaps respectively, Slayton, seventy percent, and those are going to likely be in your third receiver. So I said Washington gets up early. Um, you may see a little more of that tempo offense. Washington isn't a a going to up tempo, run it down, especially with Harnicky now taking over. Um, this should be more of your of your traditional uh, Gibson. Giants do have an okay front seven, um, but you're going to get you know Gibson should be the main guy. You should see more of an uptick as they'll be playing probably with the lead more often than not. And Logan Thomas, who got the oh, yeah. touchdown of Harnicky in the end zone. Logan Thomas. Wow. And I see McLaurin had one of the sickest catches I've ever seen. Like I think the casuals, the catch looks cool. I think when you understand the, of just what McLaurin actually did to catch that football, it was fucking incredible. Like, if you haven't seen that uh, that catch from him off that sideline where he had to, like, what felt like contort his body to just even level to the field, it was just, it was, and, like, it still turned his head back. So it was a it was an underthrown back shoulder. It, it was just incredible. Uh, pulling up prop bets here. No, I wasn't even hoping. Not much has been put out. You I wasn't even them. hoping that any of those would be put out because I'm trying to burn through this. I feel like props will will address more on Sunday. Yeah, I, well, I mean, this is Thursday night. We're not going to be back for Thursday, so that's true. Um, you'll, you're going to see a little bit more uh, tomorrow. You'll see some of the early lines come out. Uh, gets an over under for rushing yards is 69. Um, that's fair. Which is all right. Uh, receiving again, you're gonna you know high sixty or low almost low seventies for McLaurin, high or uh, right at fifty for Thomas. So it, it's going to be. I wouldn't mind taking the Shepherd over on receiving yards at fifty six and a half. Um, we're not gonna see much right now though. It's just not they're not gonna release a lot of these until either day of or until the day before. That's pretty much what we got, at least for FanDuel. You might see some sites will release will release theirs earlier. Uh, FanDuel tends to be the day uh, tends to be the day before or Sunday games by Friday when there's a lot more information for them to play off of as practice is over for most teams by then. <sighs> All right. 
Steelers, Raiders. Uh, Raiders are five and a half point dogs here on the road. So here's the question I ask myself. The Raiders just beat the Ravens. Are the Steelers better than the Ravens? And I think no. Uh, defensively, yes. And Derek Carr looked Dog pretty shit. bad first half. He didn't really get it going to the fourth quarter. Like, I think people will look at this game. Like, this game looked like shit until the fourth quarter. Now is when the team started to play with a little more urgency. Baltimore just could never take advantage of the gifts that the Raiders gave them and vice versa. I, 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 Pittsburgh is significantly better from a defensive standpoint than when Baltimore showed last night. And, I mean, they beat Buffalo, you know, by this same by this same spread. Sure. Who has a far significant better offense. Maybe, maybe the Raiders try to keep it within a single score. I think the Raiders could cover five and a half. I don't think they're going to win, but I think that they could cover. Yeah, I, I, I just, yeah. Um, well, I'm staying well, away. Yeah, staying away from Jacobs, Drake in the, Drake in the passing game. Uh, Najee Harris should have a much better game. We already talked about the Steelers receivers a little bit, so. Yeah, you, you're probably playing all three of them anyways. Yep. Uh, Bears, Bengals, Bears are favored by three at home, but it is plus 100 odds, so basically this is a wash. Uh, Bengals plus 128 on the line. If I'm betting it, I'm taking the Bengals line. This is respect given to Cincinnati coming off of their, their yeah. home one against Minnesota. Like The Bears, yes, did not look good against the Rams, but this is a little more respect to the It's an Andy Dalton Bengals revenge team. game. I mean, <laughs> basically here, it, this is another one of those chalk here. There's nothing too cute about this because the Bengals receivers are who they are, right? So yeah. you're gonna run I'm them thinking, out. You're gonna run out. I mean, it's Robinson Montgomery mixing your Bengals Burrows a fine stream. I'm taking the Bengals to win this game, and this is the start of the. Uh, I do too. Start Justin Fields. If if we if maybe we'll get that. You know, they wanted to play Dalton against the Rams, not put a lot of pressure on Fields. Maybe this is – maybe we'll get to the late week's announcement that Fields is starting. Yeah. All right. Cleveland, 48-and-a-half <laughs> over under. 12-and-a-half point spread. 12-and-a-half. Uh, I'm not taking the spread. I, I would probably stay away from – unless you're throwing as, Cleveland as in my a money grandpa line, says, As my grandpa says, you stay away from double-digit point spreads in the you NFL. D- you do. It's um, not easy to get that. Especially since Houston's offense overperformed. I mean, you got to see if there's anything there. If we're just calling that it was against Jacksonville. Cleveland's not going to lose this game. Um, this is uh, Look, Brandon Cooks had an amazing game. You're starting Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, if you want to run out Ingram or David Johnson, given their utilization and how they were utilized, I think you can make an argument for it, especially Mark Ingram. Just I wouldn't expect it to be as pretty as it was last week. Uh, Cleveland, keep an eye on Odell um, when you're looking at like a Schwartz or Beckham. Yeah, I only want to play one Houston cat, and that's going to be Cooks. Cooks. If I can get an idea of who the pass catching back is there, I think they'll have flex value to them. I think Cleveland covers. I'm, not, I'm just not going to bet it. No, I wouldn't I, either. I, I, I don't like betting that. 
and I think this game goes over. I think I think Cleveland will hit the point totals they're supposed to hit, and I th- and the massive uh, difference in in defense Houston is playing. Plus, they're not at home. I think this. I th- I wouldn't be shocked if Houston's held scoreless and touch or at the very least touchdownless. It, it's like I'll take Cooks because he should get the volume as a good flex play just just based off of uh of of game script that could you know that could yield him catching some garbage time plays but I'll I think Cleveland under is a good call. I mean I, I think just just taking the under it's a good early week call. Rams Colts Rams are favored by 4 here. I like that Rams spread at 4 points. Um, they are. They in, look good. They, they look are in Indy, good. but they look really, really good. And Indy just lost to Philly, so they've still got some things to figure out. After lost we, Seattle. They lost to Seattle. Lost to Seattle. Sorry. Still things to figure out. Um, so, I'll hit the over in this too. Yeah, forty-seven and a half. I will go over. Um, again, want to see a little bit more out of Indy's offense, but what what we saw from David Montgomery, I don't expect Jonathan Taylor to have a problem here. Um, and we know he's going to get the pass catching work. When he's going to get some. Naeem, the Rams go up two touchdowns. Naeem Hines will definitely get pass catching work here as well. He's a good flex yeah. start. Ste- steering away from uh, Colts wide receivers till we know yeah. more of what they got. Rams yep. are pretty chalked. It's another game where you can start Darrell Henderson. Um, yep. We'll keep an eye and keep you updated on, on snap shares and if Sony is getting a little bit more usage as, as things move forward. I would expect to see him on the field. A little a more, a bit more, a little more. If, if he's not, then I'll be a little concerned because he barely got any work Sunday night. But I expect them. Um, I I expect to see a little bit, a little bit more Sony Michelle. This game. Yep. Uh, Bills Dolphins. Bills are three and a half point favorites over the Dolphins. Forty seven and a half is the over under on this. Uh, two teams that should be well matched up. I think the Bills do pull this one out. Um, you know, as far as the Dolphins go. I kind of want to stay away from the wide receivers here as well. We don't know how Will Fuller is going to mix in, what that effect is going to be to Jalen Waddle. Mike Gesicki did absolutely nothing last week. Um, we already hey, talked about Miles Gaskin. Is, <laughs> and he'll catch yeah. us. We already talked about Miles Gaskin as a as a flex play. For the Bills, it's Diggs Allen. And I guess Singletary, if he's going to see majority of the – I guess – of the snaps and the pass catching work. Look, I, I I actually like Miami at three and a half. I think Miami's better than expected, and we got to see a little bit of the efficiency regression from Josh Allen. Buffalo is still a good team. Pittsburgh's a good defense a, too, and still a good quarterback. And Miami's defense is also good. Yeah, they're not. I don't think they're Pittsburgh good though. I I don't. I think we're. I think going it's just to a get, little bit of a drop off. They're not bad. Yeah, oh no, it's no. just a I, bit of a drop off. I agree, but I'll I'll take the home team in the three and a half points. I will not be shocked if whoever wins this game is by is by a field goal. Yeah, like like to me, it's going to be three or less points, and I'll, I'll take the three and a half for Miami, and maybe even flirt with. I'll I'll, I'll maybe even tease Miami at, and get nine and a half. You want to play teases, but. Miami money line isn't even that bad at plus one fifty eight. No, it's. I not. think they have a legitimate chance to win this game, and to really show people that they are, that that their win against New England is not a fluke. Yeah, I just see. I don't see Buffalo one dropping back to back games and two. Um, 
But it's not against bad opponents. It's right? not against bad it, opponents. And that's not it's saying just... that Buffalo is a bad team. They, they like Pittsburgh. Like Pittsburgh's defensively, a great was, defense. Yeah, and that was even then that was a bit shocking. Like that's a special teams, right? A touchdown away from be, from maybe being different from Buffalo having and commanding that lead and be able to run out as the leading team there. But I, I'm not writing off Miami in this game. I think they, I think plus three and a half is a good, it's a good spread for them. Yeah, I'm not writing them off. I just oh, don't yeah, think I don't, that I it's going to go that way. I think yeah. that Buffalo is going to pull that one out. Uh. Patriots, Jets, Patriots are favored by five and a half here. The rookie quarterback versus rookie quarterback. You mentioned the rookie quarterback struggles against New England. Uh, for the Jets, I think that the one person I might want to start is, you know what we saw at Corey Davis, tough cornerback matchups this week. It's Jamison Crowder out of the, running out of the slot. Um, other than that, I want to stay away from most things on the Jets. Um, and... Eh, five and a half with two rookie quarterbacks. I mean, eh, New England probably does it though. I uh, I like the under. I, I do like the under. I'm avoiding. I'm avoiding our Jets. Like, if Crowder has a nice game, that's great. I'm 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 not ready to write him in as as a target getter. And this like it's it, it's it's. And maybe nobody. It may be him. I'm not saying that he can't. I think he has very well in that range of outcomes to be a heavy target guy. I'm not betting on any Jets players this week. And for you know New England, it's going to be Damian Harris, James White. If you don't have a strong RB two or flex play, yeah, and then Jacoby, Jacoby Myers. Myers. I mean, maybe Nelson Aguilar, but I I trust that Myers is the more of the go to receiver. This is just a game that's not going to yield a lot of points. No. So it's hard to want to flex players from this game. That's all. No, I'm with you on that. 49ers, Eagles, uh, three and a half points to the <laughs> Niners in this one. Uh, look, this is going to be a little bit tougher of a test for, for Jalen Hurts than last week was. It'll be interesting to see how he does. That being said, you're not falling off of Jalen Hurts. Tougher no. test for Devonta Smith. Um, you know, there could be some better options in some of these higher over-under matchups, higher point total matchups that we're going to get to. Um, that also performed last week. So keep that in mind. Uh, for the 49ers, uh, look, you roll with what worked last week, and that was Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel. So uh, yep. and at three and a half points, I do like the Niners spread here. Yeah, i say watch to see who the Niners say is the starting running back. I think that'll play. They'll at least give us an idea of how the early touches look like. Um the over-under, I think, is a bit aggressive at 15 and a half. I think Vegas is telling us that San Francisco's defense might not be as good. It may be like Tampa's is right now where they're banged up in the secondary and it's mostly going to be pass yeah. rush. Hurts don't expect the if efficiency potentially to be there. I think rushing upside could be higher uh, given the better pass rush that the Niners have. You may see Hurts take off a little bit more. Kurt Sanders, uh, Goddard, and I, I'll still play Devonta Smith with uh, with some confidence to it. Eight targets in his debut as a receiver. Eight targets is what you want to see. I think the results yeah. might be a little bit more tempered this week, and that's fine. But with what that's Vegas fine. is telling yeah. us, you know, it's a an upper tier wide receiver two three play. Yep, yep, I agree. Uh, Saints Panthers Saints are favored by three and a half in this one and what should be neutral game script um, over under is 44 and a half 
Um, look. It's going to be close. That's a lot of points for a game that should be back and forth throughout with not the best offenses in football. Nope, not going to be the best offenses in football. Um, you know, you will see New Orleans try to do what they did last week, basically, which is, you know, death by by running, basically. <laughs> and uh, Saints defensively, you may see uh, this is a oh, good yeah. test for the Darnold truthers out there because the Saints could, uh, could put a lot of pressure on him. They just made Aaron Rodgers look silly. Lattimore is going to end up with yeah. DJ Moore. I may so, lean. I may. I may yeah. now lean to the under. I yeah. mean, the over is better odds. I think Vegas expects this game. This is kind I of a be, yeah fade Carolina outside of CMC game. Yeah, it's going to be CMC. You're probably going to still run out DJ Moore, maybe. Um, Robbie Anderson. You're not playing Terrence Marshall. You're not playing the tight ends. It, it might. You're right. It might just be. I have CMC and a. If you have maybe better options other than more, yeah, you're probably still rolling out more right now though. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing as Devonta Smith, right? It yeah, like more had 14 targets, so a little more significant it's a capital. Play. Yeah, a little bit more significant, more significant capital, capital spent too. On more though, so it might be a little harder to uh, a couple rounds more. Yeah, yeah I just said there. more. <laughs> but Broncos Jaguars Broncos favored by six in this one. Uh, we already talked about both Broncos backs. It's a great week to play them. Is They should be up on Jacksonville, and it should be uh, a running-type scenario. Both guys are going to be flex plays with upside uh, for oh, Gordon. That's a backfield we didn't talk about is Jacksonville and the split that we saw there. We did not talk about Jacksonville's backfield. And that one right. I think I think Bolts talked about because Urban Meyer, for as long as he's the coach there, his infatuation with Carlos Hyde is going to annoy the fuck out of, out of James Robinson. I mean, Carlos Hyde out-touched him and out-carried him. I mean, Robinson had one more, had four more targets and one more catch. And it looks like they were about even when it came to uh, scrimmage yards. Snap-wise, though, it's uh, 64% for Robinson and 34% for Hyde. Hyde, as we said, it's he he's a nuisance. And I think Robinson right now is a low and RB2 flex play. Depending on when you drafted Robinson's uh capital may be a little hard to bench him. Because if you if you started the draft late August when ETN was hurt, you probably spent the fourth or fifth round pick on Robinson. Uh but it's not pretty. And I, I don't can't expect RB one given that it was split and what the production was and the fact that Saquon Barkley, yes, coming off of a D injury, average two point six per carry. I don't want to touch Jacksonville's backs this week against the Denver. If you want to bench Robinson, I'm all for it. I want to bench I agree with you. I want to bench them both. But because, I think what's encouraging is, is at least Robinson's gonna be the pass catcher there. So and that's how that volume game, might be better. And that's how that game favor. script's gonna go is that if you have to start one, it's going to be Robinson because of the target volume. But if you can avoid it, avoid it. Just don't don't fuck with Carlos Hyde. Like, just just don't. Just, just for the love of God, don't hurt yourself with that. It's going to – you're going to pick him up and you're going to be pained by him every week. Robinson has got flex value because – 
of potential game script going in the direction of pass catching role for him. Yep, and look, target. That's it. That's it. And look, target volume because how this game script should go. DJ Chark led the team in targets. Marvin Jones and he was number two in air yards. Yeah, Chark is that's huge. Well, yeah, three for twelve, eighty six, and a tutter. But you're right. He was getting deep targets though. I mean, the matchup's not great, but. we got to expect Lawrence to get better. They're going to have to throw. Each and every week. I mean, that's exactly where I was going. That's yeah. where I was going with it is that if you YOLO'd Visca or started Chark, do it again because they're going to have to throw. And the other thing with this, too, is that you know I'm not sure who's drawing top coverage, but Darby's hurt, so you know Sertan's in, but he's a rookie. So, and he got burned. So you got to be like wary a, of that too, to where they're a little banked up in the secondary. Was if you're staying away from the running backs, I'm okay with Yolo starts or with starting DJ Chark and Lavisca Chenault this week. We're gonna probably be playing more Jacksonville players than we want to admit. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence threw the ball 51 times against Houston. Well, Denver's gonna slow the pace down. It don't take much to get this Jacksonville team throwing. You get them down a couple. You, you go up 10 points. You, like it, it, it's like boom they're they're abandoning their run game and they're they're saying Lawrence please save us yep and then we already talked about Cortland Sutton Noah Fant um they figured to get the the lion's share probably of the target work for what's there for Denver I, I would not get cute with Tim Patrick this week or KJ Hamler because how this game script should go from the Denver yep. receiving perspective I just want Sutton and Fant I like both I think both both Denver backs are flex value this week. Both Denver backs are good this week, yeah. Yeah, I think they're both good for flex plays. Yep. Well, one of them, if not both of them, are, are, are scoring a touchdown. Indeed. Uh, Minnesota, Arizona. Arizona's favored by three and a half here. Uh, that's, wow. At well, home, too. Yeah. That's, Arizona, that's, a, that's a, I take the Cardinals. I would, yeah. alt, I would alt spread that to like five and a half. Yep. And over under is 51. So this is a game where you're starting them, right? We already talked about starting Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore. It's if they have a fantasy pulse, you play him. Wide receiver two, three. <laughs> yep. Just Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, Edmonds, even James Conner. There's a fantasy pulse here. You play them because what we saw with the Bengals is that the Vikings might have put some pieces in. On that defense, it's going to take them a little bit to mesh. So yeah, that uh, that that overhaul and that chemistry, I I underestimated. I will admit, I underestimated the importance of defensive chemistry and the fact that barely any of these starters on defense played in the preseason. Mm-hmm. You're seeing the struggles early, and the Cardinals coming off of their extremely high performance against Tennessee, Minnesota's defense may not be that far off what Tennessee was in week one. Yeah. It's it's better, especially from a pass rush standpoint, but it's not significantly better, especially in that secondary. Yep. Over under is fifty one in this one, by the way. I like the over. Over and this is one of the hot hot games to target in your DFS decks. Yep. Falcons Buccaneers over under on this one's fifty one and a half. Bucks are favored by eleven and a half. Um I don't like double-digit spreads. I, I could see that happening with how bad Atlanta looked. I like the under. I don't know if the Falcons are going to score enough points to push this game over. They didn't do it against uh, 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 Philly. I don't either. 
Oh, that's tough. Tampa Bay is really beat up in the secondary, but you still got to stop the pass rush. So I may alt. I may actually get cute and alt spread this for Tampa to thirteen and a half. I may get cute and you know, go for a double digit touchdown win. You know what else I didn't talk about at all was Atlanta's backfield or lack thereof. Mike Davis commanded the snaps. Uh, Cordero Patterson was the best efficient running back. Yeah, but only seven carries. So don't love Mike that. Mike Davis is still the uh, is still is still the the guy for now. But that's something to watch out for. This is a game you want to see. I mean, Patterson's been a running back for well, three seasons now. And but Atlanta's fucking. This is a game where I don't want to run out a running back anyway. We saw Zeke against no, this God, defense. No, no, and you're no, not you're absolutely. You're right. not you're, putting a running back out. You're going to bench one. Mike Davis if you can. If you absolutely like, if somebody else, there's got to be somebody better. Hopefully, you have somebody better. If you're the Falcons, you're running twelve personnel too here a lot and keeping Hayden Hurst in. And Pitts and Ridley are the only two guys I want to run out there. That's just because of target volume. I you hope that Atlanta can be. adjust a little bit. Let let maybe you're gonna see probably more shallow targets than you you probably won't see the deep targets. You may see Pitts and Ridley run a little more intermediate to shallow routes uh, try to offset the pass rush that the Bucks have. Yeah, I I agree with that. And as far as the Bucks go, it's it's exactly what you'd think. Uh, look, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. It's ugly coming off of last week. It's a good matchup. Yeah, they're both flex-worthy plays. They're both flex-worthy plays. It's like Denver is. They're both flex-worthy yep. plays until they're not, and this is one where it's a good matchup for both of them. Uh, don't be shocked if uh, if the Bucks get up huge. This could easily turn into Bucks just lean on whatever running back's better for this game. Jones is getting the start for, for whatever that's worth. Uh, but don't be surprised if the Bucks get up by a couple scores first half if they just lean into the running game. That's why that's why I, I, I that's why I like the the under in this game. I don't know if Atlanta has enough points to be scored. Indeed. Uh Cowboys Chargers, this is the highest over under of the week at fifty five and a half or tied for highest at fifty five and a half. Yeah. That's nuts. Uh, um first things first Mike Williams is a name we didn't talk about. He saw just one less target than Keenan Allen, 12 targets, 8 receptions, 82 yards, and a touchdown. If this is going to hit 55 and a half, you're playing Mike I lo- Williams. I love Mike Williams. and The fact that he is he has come from just, he's gone from just a deep threat, big bodied, 50-50 ball receiver to double digit targets that has an expanded role. Mm-hmm. Like he, He's a late breakout. I think people should not be shocked by that. He is the next Devonta Parker. Um, the offense, they're healthy, they're elite. Uh, Dallas's defense is garbage, and well, I think yeah. the Chargers are going to have their way at points, but we know Dallas is elite with their playmakers. Yep, start your Chargers. This is another one we talked about a little bit with Zeke, where um, you need to kind of fade expectations a little bit with the Chargers' pass rush being what it is. We saw that the Cowboys had to keep them in the block. They did activate Zach Martin, which should help Zeke out a little bit. Yep. Um, that's huge. That is huge. One of the best guards in football. Yeah, so don't underestimate that because that's where Zeke was blocking was the interior line. He was not blocking outside. He was stepping up and helping out the interior offensive line. So having Martin back is going to help that out. They are without Lyle Collins, but I'd expect them to use a tight end to chip there a little more. 
Uh, Cedric Wilson, if this is going to hit 55 and a half, that's a game, another name that you need to know from a Cowboys perspective. Also, you could look at a uh, Schulter Jarwin stream from a tight end perspective, given yeah, I, where I, this is pointed. Eileen Schultz is the target getter amongst him and Jarwin. If, I think Jarwin will be the guy that stays in and block a little bit more. Um, I agree with you with Cedric Wilson. If this game is hitting the over or, or getting anywhere near the Vegas total line, Cedric Wilson, uh, you're looking at, I mean, God, even a guy, I hate to say it, Larry Roundtree, too. Like He was this year's Joshua Kelly yeah, to start. Yeah he's, so. yeah, he's on the field. Eckler may never be at quite 100%. Hamstring injuries are a bitch to deal with when you're constantly trying to play through them. Um, again, but this is a game where you start in every fantasy relevant player with a pulse. So, yeah. Uh, Titans Seahawks Seahawks favored by five and a half in this one uh, Tennessee's defense is hot garbage this is a, a start everyone type of game I think little 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 easier of a defensive matchup for Tennessee yeah Seattle doesn't have quite the pass rush as uh, Arizona as the Cardinals do so well Taylor Lewan <laughs> got lit up so and then he he, he publicly he took apologized and, for it which is, I guess, is a good step forward, but I mean, you got to see more. This is where uh, the concerns came for Derrick Henry, where it is, you know, can Tennessee keep the games close enough to maximize Henry's upside, or is the Titans going to show us that they can actually get Henry involved in the passing game? And well, we saw we saw that they really didn't. We're going to see how they do it against and what the efficiency numbers look like against a good offense with a bad defense so it's going to be uh game total 53 and a half um i like this over hitting a little bit more than the dallas and chargers game but i do too especially with aj brown julio jones on the outside look question for them we said it all the time with julio going to tennessee is that is bad for his volume and he got called out too by i think i think he got called out by mike variable too did he yeah, for something that he did in that game. It's bad for his volume. Uh, neither him or A.J. Brown was hyper-efficient. They're going to have to get that right. I do think this is a get-right game for Tennessee, though. I'd go right back to uh, you know your three studs there, plus Tannehill. As far as Seattle goes, chalk. Rashad Penny's yeah. hurt again. So Chris yeah. Carson all day. D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett with a huge game. Don't need Just keep you. firing him up. No, it's it's like the Chiefs. We know where the uh, we know where the fantasy relevant players are at. Speaking of the Chiefs, this one's also fifty five and a half. Baltimore and KC. Uh, KC with a history of shutting down Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they've uh, games have been kind of closer. Last year was was easily not. I I am concerned with Baltimore that O line Jackson. We saw glimpses of hope in that first half, and then we got to see what will likely be the outcome when Baltimore has to play from behind as Jackson plays a little more hero ball. Yep, and that's what they're going to have to do against Kansas City, and it doesn't bode well. Um, your top target getter was Sammy Watkins there. He's going to have some flex value as a wide receiver. Wide revenge receiver, game. Wide receiver three value. It is a revenge game. So <laughs> He's a guy I would like in DFS stacks as well. 
I think that he, like Mike Williams, has a good chance to have a big game, although on a lot lower volume for Sammy Watkins. So I, I, I would much rather lean towards Marquise Brown. I think, I mean, he's played, he plays significantly better, in my opinion, last night. I mean, I watched the entire game, but yeah, uh, Brown and Jackson has that chemistry. Um, the Chiefs are going to easily push that tempo if they get up early. Uh, Chiefs have generally been a a slow starting team though, uh, and that and by slow I mean it's slow in terms of like Mahomes' level of slow. So, right, it, 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 it's a pass rush on at least significant, at least on play level comparable to what the Raiders just put out last night. So, might be a tough day for Baltimore if that offense can't get going. Oh, over-under scares me a little bit. I'm actually afraid that Baltimore is going to put up enough points to hit that total. Even if the Chiefs get up late and they play a little softer, they're going to they're gonna, uh, force Jackson to make plays. And you can't get down the field quicker than, like, it's going to be harder to sustain drives and get down the field quicker if you're constantly taking off and running. Like you just like you don't get the chunk plays that you do, you know, for tossing it, you know, 15, 20 yards downfield. So I don't know if Baltimore has the offense to uh, to push this game over. I'll be honest. Yeah, I don't know if they do either. I don't think know if they have the, you know, explosiveness and firepower to just chunk up a bunch yeah. of points. They so. lost. I mean, you, when you lose the running backs, they did. They right. lost a number. You know, their first round pick in Bateman, who I think is even. It even shows more significance to him and for what Lamar Jackson and him can be. It's going to be tough setting for Baltimore and for Baltimore fans. So, yep. Against uh, the Chiefs, Nick Chubb was hyper efficient. Kareem Hunt was all right. Uh, look, I'd be okay with starting uh, Latavius Murray if you have to. I don't know that you're in a situation where you have to. Could be flex value deeper leagues. Uh, I mean, you're hoping that Baltimore can keep the the game close enough for uh, for Taysom. Or for Tyson Williams to pay off. Well, he I, doesn't I, have I, problems avoiding, in pass pro again. So, yeah, I, I've been avoiding both. I, I don't. I think Lamar is Lamar, Mark Andrews because you probably have to, and that and maybe Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins will have some flex value with the eight targets coming off of the See, Raiders game, but. I think Sammy Watkins and the running backs all have flex value as you try to piecemeal lineup. I just don't like him more is as, yeah. as much as some other some other. I'm pieces. more afraid of games. I'm I'm more afraid of seeing Williams get game scripted back out. And, yeah. And while Latavius got the snaps to work with, he looked. I know it's. You're right. He's new to he the offense, and we hopefully hopefully get better. That whole line is hot garbage right now. Yeah, and if he has to stay in the block, you know, in the and Lamar's not checking that ball down. Then I'm going Sammy Watkins more so yeah. than anything there. Lamar's not checking that football down, so there is there's none of that, right. that like you know catch up checkdowns. There is no checkdowns there. Indeed, and then uh, Detroit Green Bay, eleven and a half point spread, forty eight and a half over <laughs> under. Uh, Aaron Rodgers revenge game in his own way. <laughs> in his own game, right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers coming off a bad game has a way to come back and have really good games. So it's Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, who had a good game in his own right. I think MVS, I think he had eight targets. 
in this Detroit game. Well, that's probably why they didn't yeah. <laughs> do well last week. Yeah. You're targeting MVS eight times. Had more targets than Adams. Yep. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> but he looks like to be the... I won't even say clear two. It's a clear no. three receivers for him, Lazard and Adams. Should be better. Uh, should be better game script. Uh, Maybe you won't see. It. Yeah, should be. Bounce uh, back game for Adams. And Detroit is Swift and Hawk, and yep. Williams. Jamal Williams. Yep. Speaking of revenge games, <laughs> so many revenge games. A lot of revenge games. This is the revenge of week two. So there you go. Hopefully, you pluck some fantasy advice, some people to target there as we. We get through shit. That is the last game, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, nope. We'll we'll be back Sunday for all your start sick questions. So make sure that you gear those up and and bring those to us, especially if you have multiple of those flex value players that we've we've mentioned. Uh, you know, need to replace somebody we suggested staying away from, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, we'll be back next week, probably another Tuesday show, given your wedding. If I had to guess. Yeah, next week we'll go Tuesday because we'll be in Bloomington Wednesday. So we'll go again here on Tuesday. And yeah. uh, Sunday, it's a we'll see for me, but I should be there that Sunday. Uh, I, should def- I should definitely be. So yeah, we'll, I play think we'll be back home by then. We'll play Sunday by, Sunday by year, but we'll, uh, again, another Tuesday show next week. We're going to try to go Wednesdays in season, but, you know, with me being out of town and then Dan's wedding, which I'm part of, that'll be. Uh, Another Tuesday show, so be sure to tune Talk in for that. You. But right now, be sure to show up Sunday. We'll have uh, get into prop bets a little more. We'll get into uh, some start sit decisions, latest on injury news. So make sure again, YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification icon. Beerfield on Twitter. I'm at Beerfield Hop. Here's at Beerfield Thur- Beerfield Thurry, and we will catch you next time. See ya.